They literally call it a time warp, and it will take you back to a certain place in time. And this is how they save the whales. What? What did you just say? <laughs> Captain's Pod, Stardate 21003.4. Hello and welcome aboard Starships Enterprise and thank you for joining us as we take a brief shore leave from the world of cinema since to explore the universe of Star Trek. I'm your Captain Ian Whittington and with me as always is the stargazing ambassador, Danae Hughes. I didn't interrupt you. You didn't. I can see you dying inside. How do you feel? <laughs> I'm good, although I realize now that you had to take a gasping breath of air that uh-huh. when I do interrupt you, that gives you a chance to breathe. That, <laughs> actually, every week it's been really helpful for you to interrupt me. And then this week you're like, you're going to interrupt me, aren't you? Yeah. And I decided not to. Please state the nature of the medical emergency. It's either the person that had a coronary from not interrupting mm-hmm. or Ian who didn't breathe from not being interrupted. I was just thinking about how strange it would be to have somebody aberrate in front of you. Yeah, just zzz, zzz, fuck off. The first time it happens, just immediately you just piss yourself because yeah. it'd be so fucking scary. I think I can see what's wrong. No, 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 it's not this. It's my broken hand. Yeah, but you've pissed yourself. Ignore that. You did that. Can I fix it? No, the hand. <laughs> so I really hope that the podcast audience follows that because Ian was just acting with himself back and forth. No, I think, <laughs> it was really yeah. amazing. <laughs> like, I'll like... I'll raise the pitch on one of the voices so it sounds really high pitch. Oh my oh god. Dear. Well, this week the energy is still through the roof in in excitement and and giddiness for Picard. I can't believe I have to wait a week between episodes. Yeah. This is like living in the 90s. This is the worst. It's kind of great in a way though. No, it, it just sucks. builds up. I'm getting really excited too. I've actually been tweeting about Star Trek more, which is different yeah, for me. Yeah, you have. And um, I think Twitter is paying attention because now I'm getting like oh, you're recommended getting something tweets. To Twitter, yeah. Well, there was this one tweet thread. I'm gonna be roasted for this. I oh, can't remember no. who it was. I think it was the person who designs the ships. Yes, um, Dave Blass. Yeah, who redes? Excuse me. He um, well, him and a whole team redesigned the stargazer, the bridge, and updated it all. So he had this tweet thread where he posted an image of the bridge Mm -hmm. but then it also kind of went into how it's shot compared to tng and he had images that went along with it Mm -hmm. and then he had ship plans like blueprints and so so it kind of went into this other conversation about other ships and he's interacting with fans who are talking about it and i i guess it's kind of i'm just glimpsing the depth of the fan base oh it's deep we love that stuff he also posted or someone posted images of the flags that were flying in the uh oh Starfleet episode academy? one academy yeah. in the background and how each of them represent like a different race i think yeah a different nation involved with the federation yeah right. and so i'm, I'm like oh, oh yeah of course it's they crazy. have flags yeah but then all these details and that the fans like know these things and oh yeah I, well, I could pick out a good chunk of them it's so much fun well and even today uh your wallet has a com badge symbol on it the delta yeah. mm-hmm. um, and you were talking about how even the different symbols represent different things and i think at one point maybe i would have been intimidated by all of it like i don't belong but it's just really exciting to see the passion and i'm kind of getting caught up in it because Yay. of picard like uh-huh. that ship is so pretty and i just wanted to look at it like for a long time. It's so they do such a great job of updating everything and keeping it modern and 
it's just one of the it's one of the not to get into a Star Trek versus Star Wars debate, but it's one of the things I love about Star Trek is that it it evolves a lot more than Star Wars. It it has its inconsistencies, but it's more consistent than Star Wars, and it's just it's a world that I feel really comfortable living in because it's so well established and there's so so much to to pull pull from and get cozy and comfortable with. Oh yeah, well then you've got it. stuff to do between your Picard episodes because there's yeah. all these people that are having fun with it and oh, it's so great and oh, oh my god I've almost been spoiled a few times though because Stop it. well I was watching something on I want to say YouTube TV uh-huh I think I was watching RuPaul's Drag Race uh-huh and there was a and I was skipping ahead like I always when it gets to the commercials I can just double like double tap yeah. and I start to skip through yeah and when I was checking in on where I was in the episode there was a flash of Picard. <gasps> I was like, dang it. No, no I can't see any of this. As soon as the episodes drop, there are 10 videos on YouTube Ugh. saying, everything you missed in Picard episode two. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. Of course I missed it. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's great. It's a great fan base. Um, it's it's so much fun to interact with that stuff on Twitter. And then just schematics. They always like release the, the blueprints of the ships. And Somebody even the asked detail. what the toilet was. And there oh, was on there. Oh, the most common question. Yeah, really? like, there, I know exactly where it is on the Enterprise D because you never see it. So the guy that designed it just said, well, it's that door that they we never see them go into, but they must go into it to use the toilet. It's incredible. That's fun. It's incredible. Um, speaking of incredible things, Captain's Pod is going to have its first live show with an actual audience at Sin Week. There's going to be so much fun. So, yeah. So this is going to be during Sin Week. And all of our Sin Week stuff is at our uh, CinemaSins Patreon. Um, for Join Sin the Sin Club. Club. Join the Sin Club. So um, if you are part of Sin Club, and you can read all about it at patreon.com slash um, our During our Sin Week, we're going to have these like live podcast panels. And yeah, we're doing a Captain's yeah, Pod one. And you can watch live as we are recording it. Or you can watch it later because it is recorded for later. Yeah. Depending on when you listen to this episode. So if it's in the future and you're like, wait, this is like two years later. Well, you can still go back and watch it it if you want to. Definitely. But yeah, if you have a chance to join us live, you super should. So much fun. And it will be, um, the episode will be in this podcast feed as well at some point. Um, Mm -hmm. Which will be so much fun. But yeah, the whole Sins crew is going to be on the panel and we're going to talk Star Trek. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, it's amazing how much of the CinemaSins staff love Star Trek. Everyone could talk about Star Trek. It's great. It's been interesting because everyone's sort of like looking around like, wait, you you too? You too? Even Daniel, who's <laughs> yeah. our, who's the newest person to join the team. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, no, like, I loved it. I've seen everything other than I, the original yeah. series. And I was like, what? wait, what you would you have? mean everything? What? That's everything. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So please join us for that. We'll put a link in the description of the show. Yes. To our plan. Thank you to the editor for remembering to do that. Ian, do it. <laughs> Make it so. Um, right. On to this week's episode, though. Um, we'll do really quick predictions and then get straight into it. The episode title is Penance. And we left... Picard with a finger clicking cue. Um, is it is it penance or parents? Penance, penance. P e n. What did I say? Parents. I don't know. Penance. The, penance. the microphone arm was blocking your mouth, so oh, I couldn't so tell you're exactly. You're just getting all, got uh-huh, it. The pirates uh-huh. of penance. Oh great, perfect. <laughs> um, <Ooh, so> penance. <laughs> that sounds ominous. Penance is like paying your dues. Yeah. It's yeah. So that's really interesting. Um, yeah. So we know that. Picard is in an alternate timeline, we think. Q has chucked them there for reasons. Um, we don't know where the rest of the, the crew is. 
Um, what do we think is going to happen? I don't know. I just looked up the word penance, though, so I can mm. read the, de- the definition. Mm-hmm. It says voluntary self-punishment inflicted as an outward expression of repentance for having done wrong. Interesting. So if this is supposed to be something about Q, I mean, Picard didn't really do this to himself, potentially, but maybe he will choose to do things to help save other people. Possibly. Based on the title. The interesting thing with Q is that the first episode of TNG, he put all of humanity on trial and used the crew of the Enterprise as the defense. And like a crew that has just got together. So immediately, Picard has to defend the sins of 600 years of humanity and all of the violence and whatnot. So, and he has to, at the end of it, kind of admit, yeah, we're bad people, but we're getting there and we're improving and this is the good stuff that we're doing. Hmm. So Q will pop up again and again and again. And this is where the trial is never over comes from. He's always put humanity on trial. So I guess it's pretty, pretty much on brand with Q to say that this is voluntary when it's not. I was like, yeah, I know you don't have a choice, but I have a choice. He's he's super manipulative like that. I kind of love Q. I love Q so much. It's he's that great... chaos character that mm-hmm. can really shift a story. And, oh, completely. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a broken character because it's just a godlike thing. We watched but... an episode of Discovery yesterday, and they're trying to work out where this big space anomaly has come from. And they're listing all of these things. And I said, well, we know it's not the Q because we haven't heard from them in 600 years. I was like, you just had to rule that out because everyone in the back seats is shouting, Q did it! (laughs) It's Q! (laughs) It's not always Q, but it absolutely could always be Q. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what a fun character to write into something. It's it's the D&D bad guy that you really shouldn't have created. It's the NPC that is just too OP. So I think the question is, how does Picard, like you said, meet up with the rest of the crew? What are we going to be looking at? Um, I think they're pretty quickly going to tell us what time, like what timeline we're in, mm-hmm. or give us some more yeah. clues as to what we're looking at. Because we, what did you say? You think that it's like um an, an uninhabitable kind of yeah. One of my predictions was that Earth is now largely uninhabitable, mm-hmm. and there are like domes and stuff, and that has forced. Starfleet to militarize and mm-hmm. to be like kind of martial law and stuff. And so Picard is going to need to get to a ship pretty quickly. Oh no, right? you just really triggered me. Why? Because last season it took four episodes to get to a damn ship. I'm like, we just got the Stargazer and now he doesn't have a ship again. It's it's brutal. They're, they're it's like they have all these carrots and they just keep chucking don't them at us. Put it in space. They don't even dangle them. They just chuck them at <sighs> us. Here, take a carrot. So I yeah, I am really I am really curious. I'm also curious if everyone has been separated and then they are also aware of what's going on like Picard is mm-hmm. and then they're trying to find each other. There's going to be an element of something like let's that. find the crew because there's a good chance if I realize I'm in the wrong timeline mm-hmm. they're going to realize they're in the wrong timeline. So And yeah. are they all in the same wrong timeline or are they I on their own so. individual timelines? This is where we had such a taste of like the show mm-hmm. that I was craving and I'm really hoping that we get back into that sweet spot. Yeah. Because last season, it was a lot of, they're together, they're broken up, they're together, they're broken up. And it was so much of that, I really didn't get a chance to mm-hmm. see everybody like be cohesive. That's my concern. And with these overarching story stories that go season long, that can be the, the one of the issues. But I'm going to go in with high hopes. I'm, I'm excited to see Q do some more things and... Yeah, I think I'm nervous too about just the seriousness of it. <laughs> because yeah, my goodness. There's a lot of 
they did dark things in season one. They're doing some darker things in season two. Obviously, the idea of penance, like that there's been these sins of the past that somebody has to pay yeah. for. And that we're going to be seeing like more of Picard's history, which gives us something to talk about because yeah. there's things I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's also continuing to tear down this character that I've had in this like <laughs> esteemed it. place for Quit so it. long. Stop bringing down Picard. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I'm I'm ready to go watch it. Let's do it. Okay, Let's okay, do okay. it. With that, we will see you guys in 10 forward for a full debrief after we've watched season two, episode two of Picard, computer two to beam to that chateau in France underneath the hologram bubble thing. Is it a hologram bubble? Shield. There you go. Bzz. Welcome to Ten Forward, the part of the show where we grab a drink from the replicator, share our immediate thoughts and feelings. I don't know what word I just said. Thoughts I don't think feelings. it was replicator. <laughs> thoughts and feelings on the episode we just watched together. Most important question first, what is your beverage of choice? I'm having brewed tea. No, you're not. You don't even have a drink. It's right here. Oh, it's right there. You took a sip I of it. I just drank from it. It's great. <laughs> What's well, wrong with you? I'm drinking brewed <gasps> tea. Are you like a captain from a different timeline that suddenly come over into my timeline? Oh, no, and doesn't remember any of this. But yeah, that's me. You caught me out. Yeah. I don't know how I'm recording a show because in my timeline, we don't have a show because Star Trek is real and I'm very happy. Oh, no. So in this timeline, you're really sad to be here. This is going to well, really be awkward. This is really dark. Do you remember me? Do you have a me in your timeline? Um, yes, you are a pet. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? It's just a picture of you on a laptop screen and you occasionally I'm say meow. I'm the sassy meow You're the cat. sassy meow cat. Yeah. Oh my God. Programmed you myself. I mean, I guess it's better than being like one of the people that's just blowing up Vulcans. Yeah. No, I've promoted you from floor scrubber to laptop computer cat person. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, how you see me. It's how great. you see me. Episode two of season two <laughs> of Picard. Um, the Picard and the crew have been placed in an alternate timeline by Q. Is that made clear? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. Because I feel like they kind of like, okay, we were figuring out what we we're really Can I do the description and then we'll talk here. about it? <laughs> Well, you took a long pause. <laughs> I thought it was the shortest description today. I hate today. this show so much. <laughs> They've been placed on a broken, damaged, dying Earth run by the Confederation, a xenophobic group systematically eradicating and enslaving all other alien races. Picard and crew must find a way to save the future by traveling to the past and <laughs> correcting the damage that's been done by Q in 2024. <laughs> Damn it, Jim! <laughs> Right. I wondered what you were doing. Like you were like really getting yeah. into it. You got real slow and quiet. I'm like, is he okay? Is that a course for the sun? <laughs> what? Fact at nine. Do you ever feel like you're in a room and the person that you're having <laughs> a conversation a with is talking to people <laughs> that aren't there? That's what it's like sometimes to podcast with a fan because yes. you're talking to people that aren't yeah. here and they're loving it. I- I'm just like. Looking around like, uh, what's going on? What, what is this cat? Why would I program a cat to do this? Like your hands are Poor just me. like, you are emoting in ways yeah. I did not know. Damn but- Bones. <laughs> I'm a captain, not a doctor. I should take a picture of you doing this. <laughs> hey, sign up to Patreon and you'll get to watch a live stream of me gesticulating. Is it a live stream or is it just still audio? Um, Are you talking about Sin Week again? Yeah. Okay. Um, That's a live stream. Yeah. Good. Are you going to do your Captain Kirk impression at the live show 
Is that what you're saying you're going to do? There is. Oh, my God. Enough demand for it. I will do it. <sighs> right. Sorry. None of that is usable. I'm going to have to chop it all out and put it in the outtakes. Right. This episode chucks us right into the deep end. Like, episode two of Picard always has to be the exposition episode, apparently. But overall, I love this episode. And I think it did a much better job than last season's episode two builder. Um, I loved it. What did you think, Ambassador? Well, I think you can probably tell by our tone that this is a very serious episode. I feel like in episode one, we're like, came to the uh, recording studio and we're like, <laughs> Starship's <laughs> And now we're like, okay, so... Okay, shit got real. We are... But here's the hard part about this episode. And I think my answer is that I liked it. But the hard part of this episode is that the exposition is mm-hmm. explaining something that I don't know that... I don't know that it matters the same. That's fascinating, isn't it? Because we're about to be chucked out of the universe that's Possibly. just been described to us into the past, in theory. In theory. So so I can't remember. I, I feel like in the preview that we watched, we were looking at different timelines or something. Yes. So, so yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Correct. So then, okay, okay. Driving. So then we're make then we're gonna make the assumption that episode three will be them jumping in time. I would assume so. And yeah. then maybe messing up where they land and then having to figure out like yeah. So 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 the hard part about what we just watched is that the exposition that we need is this plan to get out of their timeline. That's mm-hmm. the exposition we need. Mm-hmm. But all of the story of this like dark Picard is sort of just an interesting like holodeck episode in a Essenti- way. But it has to there has to be a reason for them to want to change the past. So I think getting all of it done, dedicating one episode to this is how evil this version of Earth is. That's the motivation to fix it in the past because they know that. So the Borg Queen tells them that in the year 2024 in Los Angeles, right, something changed and created this divergent timeline. Now, if this timeline is pretty cool, there's no real need to change it. But there's a really great reason to not want to live here. <laughs> Yeah, but it seemed like there was a chance for Picard to not have to live there and fix it early on with Q. I don't now, know. There's a lot of confusing confuse things. Uh-huh. But I will say overall I think I enjoyed this episode, but I also had had a hard time getting into it because it's like none of this actually matters and we're just going to be killing people anyway we're not going to be here long enough for any of this to get this isn't going to be where season three and four is going to oh sorry season two and three is going to be set so it's hard to get invested yeah so it's kind of hard to figure out what what i'm what am i digging into here yeah except for finding my characters and so Mm -hmm. uh, overall i I think i enjoyed it but it was a more Mm. uh, i'm kind (laughs) of it's kind of like hesitating when you when you like show up at like a really intense party and you're looking for your people (laughs) <laughs> and so you're kind of like walking around. What do I grab onto here? You're going from like room to room. You, there's like the kitchen and people are sitting there drinking or whatever. And you're like, uh, they're not your people. Oh, oh there's one of them. Okay. I'll, I'll meet you out back. And then you're like walking through the house and you go by the living room and there's some people doing some really hard drugs. And you're like, not my people, but also <laughs> hi. There's some and people like killing Romulans in the corner. He's like, that's yeah, not yeah, mine. Yeah, they're not my people. And so like I'm on edge the whole yeah. episode waiting to find my people and then they find my people and then the episode ends so it's like this cliffhanger of what mm-hmm. happens at this house party that Danae went to mm-hmm. how does she escape 
are her friends really her friends? Stay tuned. Mm-hmm. I think that's all kind of part of it. I think that's part of the 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 great thing about these alternate timeline episodes is it does make you feel uncomfortable because and that puts you in the same position that I would hate to feel like Picard and Seven and just so Seven has to go on stage and give a speech and has just turned up in the universe and is like holy heck if anything they probably all adapted a bit too easily I was, that's part of my yeah. resistance we'll I get think. into that i'm sure yeah um but for me it worked and maybe that's because i'm used to this kind of thing so i'm used to these bottle episodes that take place in an alternate timeline and they have 45 minutes to right so for example right this happens to riker in an episode he gets sent into the future has no idea what's happened he's just lost 30 years of his life and has to adapt to an alliance with the Romulans, a right. different enterprise, and that is creating a world I'm never going to see again, but I enjoy living in the alternate possibilities. You know, okay, I'm realizing something that's really strange and stupid, but I'm going to say it because mm-hmm. I'm in a safe place to say it. You are. Okay. So when I watch TNG or when I watch like old episodes and they do this kind of thing, mm. I'm like, okay with it. It's strange, isn't it? But now uh-huh. I'm not okay with Agreed. it. Agreed. I'm the same. But I don't largely. know why. I don't know if it's the way that it's story told. Like it's so, it, this maybe the way that they shoot these episodes, they take themselves so much more seriously. Mm-hmm. And so it feels more, it doesn't feel so like, hey, we're doing a sitcom. It feels yeah. like this is the truth. <laughs> it's TNG is a sitcom in space, essentially. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. But this is like, I think I get why. Super serious, mm-hmm. max to the level. I think so, it's because uh, you kind of know that this is one long story and it has 10 episodes to tell it. So if you're going to dedicate an hour of your 10 hours, if you're going to dedicate 10% to this... What's its purpose? What's its purpose? Yeah, Was you're that not the wrong. right 10% to commit to? Right, like in TNG, it's like, oh, this is an episode and a great big story. But in Picard, it's like, you have limited time. Yeah. So what what's super important about what you're doing in this episode? Mm-hmm. And so maybe it is harder for me to have a good time because I feel like every second is important. Mm. And when I don't know how much of that important time should be, mm-hmm. like my, my calculations on my investment yeah. or emotion into this horrible dictatorship world that has somehow just been want to created. Get out of it. Because ultimately in this episode, and I I feel like there's a there's part of me that's like, okay, so Q went back in time, changed something, which messed up the future, and but then he took our future that we were watching and then he shifted them over into this other timeline or not somehow like, I'm fucking confused mm-hmm. about I, I want to help you with that. Why what is Q doing? Because it, to me, it's like, okay, does it, it doesn't matter whether you go back in time to change it again or you try to figure it out from here forward because Q could come and change it back at any time if you make Q happy. So I feel like they're trying to take the reins and go back in time themselves to just take care of it themselves when they should just be making this like godlike entity happy. However, if he's losing his mind. Oh, I love, uh, we'll get into that in a second. I don't, I don't know. So Q, I'm confused. Mm-hmm, I'm going to, I'm going to help you out. So, that sounded really arrogant and patronizing. I'm sorry. This is just me having a more uh, bigger familiarity with Q. So he never does anything to be petty. It seems like it, and he's very playful in all of the episodes throughout Not this one. TNG. Not in he this straight one. Up oh my slaps goodness. Picard. He is broken in this episode, and I think that's extremely deliberate. But there's his eyes look crazy. 
They did. And yeah, I loved it. Like They were bulging. And I was they like, were... I have not seen this cue. Don Delancey I, I is know. killing I it. I wrote it down. I was like, his eyes are freaking me out because uh-huh. they're just like So good. 3D. I've only seen him that angry once before. And I will explain that. Um, Q is always, it's for his entertainment, but it's also to kind of show how, show his intelligence and how he knows better. So humanity has been his plaything because deep down he knows that they are good, but he also knows that humanity is arrogant as well. Like we're always reach for the stars and we can do all of that. And he wants to put us back in our place. And Picard is the but, 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 personification of that. Okay, but so, so so then he goes back in time and then makes it worse on purpose and then brings them over to make them fix a mess that he made himself. Uh-huh. So there's okay. more to it this time because I think he is unwell and I think he's either gone insane or something's happened. But I think the point he's trying to make is that the thing that he changed, I think is going to be so small and so tiny so that he can say you're not that great all i had to do was knock over this chair and it sent earth on a spiral down to here so stop being so high and mighty you're not better than everyone else but okay but what about our people say that they're high and mighty like the people that we just left Mm -hmm. seem to be pretty well grounded in their reality the reality he created Mm -hmm. might be really imbalanced in that way so but i in i guess throughout all of like Star Trek history, humans have been the peace bringers. And that's a great thing, but it's a bit arrogant to think that we know what peace looks like and it's on us to unify the galaxy. And we're always the self-righteous ones that are like, this is unfair, but it's because we stopped needing food, we stopped needing fuel, we found advanced... Humans have some of the most advanced technology in the galaxy. And I think what Q is saying is that you're just one coin flip away from being the opposite and just he wants he always wants Picard to be aware of that that they have the capacity to be shitheads as well and I don't know why really I think it's just it's Q likes to fuck He's with people with there Picard. is that but there is an element of Q there's something wrong with Q here and I, John Delancey's performance was so freaking good there were so many great Q lines um, such an awesome intensity to how this is a cue that I really recognized, but just unhinged. And that's scary because he has so much power. Listen, when you can make a snap look as angry as he did. How angry is like Thanos he, take note because that it was, was great. Intense. Like we asked, we had to re- re- rewind just a little bit. So we got yeah. to see this, the super angry snap twice. His cheeks shook from the anger. Oh, so angry. He was very upset. And it's very rare that anybody gets under him. The only other time I've seen him close is when he meets Guinan on the Enterprise and we find out that they've met before and he immediately turns from Joker to Picard, get that woman off your ship, she is dangerous and I am not friends with her and she neuters his powers somehow. Interesting that Guinan was in episode one. Uh-huh. Um, I have predictions. Um, but that was that's the only other time I've seen him close. Otherwise, he's always in control and even if... He gets bested by the humans. And it's never about being bested because he can just snap his fingers and do it all again. But for him, if he keeps doing that, 
everyone may as well just sit back and do nothing. I was like, it's pointless. Yeah, and that's why I feel he wants his I don't toys know, to play. Maybe, maybe that's part of what I'm feeling is like, well, then this is pointless for me to have opinions because it doesn't matter if I'm trying to figure something out or not. I'm just going to have to sit back and watch and play, which I uh-huh. already feel about the writers. Yeah. So I don't need a character in my story <laughs> doing the same thing. I think <laughs> you have to trust that. I totally get that. But you have to trust that if there wasn't a chance to win, Q would know that nobody would bother playing. There has to be, if he wants his toys to play and do what he wants them to do, there has to be a payoff at the end. So he has to play by the rules as well. Which we don't know. But we don't know. But there's always that element of, yeah, he can swoop and snap his fingers and fix it all at any moment. So it's hard for me to be worried that Elnor is on the floor dying. Picard right, could exactly. get shot. Like, what's my investment? Q could I don't swoop have in, one. snap his fingers and fix it all. Yeah. That's, and that's the problem with game-breaking characters like Q. Yeah. Because at the end of this episode, I sit back, I'm like, I don't know what to care about. So I guess I'll just wait until episode three because I kind of don't care about what happened in episode two. It's interesting to look at a future mm-hmm. or reality or whatever where Picard was this like hor- horrible general. Yeah. And maybe it's interesting to see the one chair that had to fall over to make that decision happen, as you point out. But it's not like... It's going to need to be. It's not my show. It's not my people. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I'll have to just kind of turn that part off to enjoy whatever they show me. (sighs) Yeah, no, I do agree with that because the beauty of TNG is living in utopia, living in the future, living in this really comfortable space that has conflict in it. Now we're back to sitting in a really dark place that I don't want to be in this. If this was 10 episodes of this tyranny, I wouldn't want to watch that. We have enough of that. I don't need it on TV as well. I I, I totally get that. Yeah. So are we going to go scene by scene? Yeah, we can go scene by scene. So I think we've covered off Q a lot. Um, I, yeah, loved how brutal he was. I want to know um, what is wrong with him. I want to know what's breaking Q. And the fact that Picard picked up on it so quickly and that spawns the angry click. Oh, man, it's... I it hope we see a lot of Q on It was screen. confusing, but I loved the writing of it. Like, everything that Q said was really like poetic and it seemed like there was just all this nuance to it and i kind of wanted to write down you know every everything. single line yeah. show them a world of their own making and they ask you what you have done oh. like yeah but that is so when when q says kind of in this like offhanded way like i'm showing you a world that you guys made and then you ask me what i did yeah huh? but it is what he did like if he fucked with something, he did do it. Oh, you didn't have to fuck with much. I think is the point. Is like, oh, I did this one thing. You did this. You but started killing people. But it wasn't Picard people. that did it. It was. No. It's this universe's Picard, and I think the point is that Picard could be one one bad experience in his childhood away from this happening to to shape him. So it's that nurture versus nature mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. 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 Um. Yeah, he names like two different, ep- two or three different episodes of Star Trek as well, which was just beautiful. So when Picard is like gone, you have a thought. Well, I just remember something else that Q said that was confusing in that like mm-hmm. first part. I don't know if now is the time to talk about it or no, not. Go for it. Um, he said, I intervened and I really must see Sean Luke. So I sought out the explosion. What does that mean? Oh, it's basically follow the chaos and you'll find Picard. Okay. It's not actually how he found Picard. Q is omnipotent. He knows where everything is every second. Okay. Okay. So he could have found Picard at any point in his life, but for some reason chose that moment. And I'm hoping we find out why that moment is important. Other than we haven't had Star Trek TNG on screens for 30 years, because that's the actual reason. (laughs) Okay. And then there's like the mystery of what he meant when he said like changing all ways except the one that matters. This sort of like elude this this um, 
like he's alluding to something that Picard could go and address instead of this dictator reality that we're in. That's the whatever. What, what's that? Picard refused to do. Q said that he's got the answer and you have to do something. And then Picard is like, I refuse to play ball. I'm not going to do it. I, we don't know what that is. Yeah, I'd love to know. Okay, well maybe. So we'll apparently, think. there's something he can choose to do in this universe, but. I, I, yeah. I Does it know. have to do with love? Does it have to do with Beverly? Well, my, Stay tuned. My very first note was the previously's on. It was like previously on Picard relationships. Like <laughs> they just did a summary of all of the arguments, and I was like, God damn it! Yeah. Stop. In I get that's what this season is going to be about. Enough already. So in that scene too, they're in Picard's new space. We see all these skulls. Chateau. The skulls are great. That aren't they? was super interesting uh-huh as dark as it is obviously mm-hmm. like to see the spoils of this general's oh it's like the super sick general too there's some great easter eggs in there as well so i spotted a ferengi skull cardassian klingon and obviously we get told about a vulcan skull so the the klingon skull is named and that's a big character in deep space nine that's an ally um but is obviously a bad guy not a bad guy He's probably still a good guy, but the Federation is bad. So it's nice to hear Martok's name. And then Sarek, which is Spock's dad. And Picard and Sarek have a really close relationship. So it, it was just some nice little nods to TNG that were that were fun to hear. So then pretty much after that, we get to Seven of Nine waking up um, with the reveal that, man, let's cover her eye for as long as possible so that we get this big reveal that she doesn't have an eyepiece. Which, of course, we all saw in the previews. Uh-huh. And even if we hadn't, it'd be like, huh, I wonder why that portion of her face is covered up. Um, yeah, so she's now president of Earth and seems to slip in quite well into that role. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely um, a surprise and strange. Um, so this is when we realize that everybody in this reality is they're going to find each other like they've just been spread out. So yeah. it's not, you know, seven is in some completely different place. They're all... Mm-hmm. Very conveniently put into positions of authority and influence, and they can easily find each other in the course of six hours. But that is what we asked, wasn't it? Like, we didn't, we at the head of the show, we didn't want them to spend ages trying to get back together. It was a relief. It was a relief. Convenience. A convenient relief. But it is very convenient. <laughs> that, yeah, they managed to get together pretty damn quick. But I am not going to, I will not send them for that because it's exactly what we wanted. Um, it did make me laugh when we go to Agnes and <laughs> Agnes is like, well, you're hot and married and yet I seem to be alone, like desperately alone in every timeline of every universe. <laughs> Man, I know we're going to skip to Agnes in a minute, but the, she was on fire this episode. She was great. She's so good. Well, I mean, we can talk about it now because Seven is shocked that she's human, is president. Has some authority. Has some authority. Glances at some, you know, stuff going on that day and seems yeah. to just be able to absorb a lot of really important information. And keep her shit together. Quickly, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Agnes was just, again, she was us. She was the audience. Just like oh, making she was amazing. She saved this episode for me. For me, yeah. she was my favorite part of this episode. Tell me what you loved. There's I thought you could have written down all of her lines. The speech that she kind of gives to explain away the husband... <laughs> It was just, it was, it was like watching the mind of a genius put together all these pieces quickly and yeah. just be able to throw it out. And the actor, uh, the actor who plays Agnes is just, it was like peak performance Agnes. This, yeah, it shows her crazy and her like self-awareness humor, her self-deprecating humor. Um, 
Sometimes it's like a little bit too much, like she's too aware that she's in a TV show or no, something, you know? Completely. She literally but, says, like, I'm either in this, this, or, or an alternate mirror, 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 mirror yeah. universe timeline where everything is evil. And I was like, did you get the script? <laughs> Which is kind of, and I like that. I think that we needed that break in the intensity. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she was, it was, I don't know, it was just what I needed. Because it was mm-hmm. such a serious episode and it's like, oh, everything is dark, everything is twisted, yeah. everything is confusing, everything is everything is everything mm-hmm. and then you've got agnes <laughs> she's beautiful in this I bright her. room you know i almost didn't care that there was so many convenient things happening she even like points out herself like i guess we're just assuming i know how to do these things and so she goes over <laughs> yeah. and she gets the borg out you know <laughs> i guess i have the authority to do this yeah yeah and i don't know there was a there was a an, an element of her that was relieving to me um and i didn't mind that everybody had to come together conveniently like you know rios is bringing his ship in and he has a mm-hmm. ship that takes them out and that everything is kind of working together seamlessly. Uh, I didn't mind that because I didn't care about the world that we were in enough to like, it was like, Wanna be let's get the guys back together mm-hmm. again, 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 again. Uh-huh. And I'm really hoping Rios gets more to do because at the minute he's hanging out in orbit. Like he has been for all of last season. Yeah. And it's, it doesn't feel like they're doing using him, him very much or Elnor for that matter. Still, which, hello, confusing experience. Oh my goodness. Why is Elnor, again, why is Elnor, he was on a completely different ship. What do you mean? Like, why is he pulled into this timeline? Like, how did Q choose how the did people Elnor and Agnes to get there? Yeah. Well, at least oh, sorry, Agnes, Agnes was on um, the ship. Re- uh, Rafi? Yeah, Rafi wasn't on the ship. Was she? No. No, I don't think so. Honestly, don't remember. No. But if... Elnor's there, then why isn't Soji? Was the actor just like not able to come and play? Well, I, from the previews, we know she's in this so series. Why would Q choose Elnor to, to bring over? Who knows? Because we Do need the we cast. Do we know? But why don't we have Is the Soji? reason? I know. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I'd rather have Soji. Sorry, Elnor. If we have options, like bring Soji in because she's really a fantastic character that we barely really got a chance to yeah. see really come into her mm-hmm. own. You know, I don't know. Okay, I, I think part of it is that the cast is too big for a ten episode run, and what you want to tell the big story and do like but you, character you can't growth and say stuff, that and then have episodes like last season where we're also bringing back all these other big names too because we obviously yes. can do it. It just yeah. means that they kind of sit more in the background. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Elmer was confusing. Like, why are you tricky. here? You weren't even on the ship. Number one and number two. It, you're a yeah. Prisoner. You're not even like quote unquote. <laughs> on the confederation side so now we have to make it make sense that you're in on these private conversations which doesn't mm-hmm. they make it make sense by captain like or what is it, general picard says you can take them in there yeah. and like they just kind of like fumble their way through all of yeah. that but like he straight up murders people it like cuts people's throat and and well, Picard is, is shooting that people is... on stage. It's like none of the people around them seem to matter. Like, so the lives of these people in this timeline don't matter to you. It's they the lives. Yeah. They don't exist. Which yeah. They're not then real. Just helps. It confuses me even further. Like, are we trying to save this? There is not invested are we trying to as you save are. this timeline or not? No, because we're going to go back in time. But you don't, you don't know if you're going to go back in time. So now you've just completely taken away your power as president, general, and all these different positions of authority where you could have made a speech and changed the future from where you are, but now you're just straight up killing people. Why are you pouting? Why it's are you fine, pouting? <laughs> no, you're right. You're absolutely right. But I really love this episode. No, I, I shouldn't Why? Because have. I don't like it as much. 
No, you make valid points. It's, it's, you, so you can tell what the writers points. are doing because of the decisions that are being made. Like, as soon as Elnor yeah. starts beating up and killing, like, quote-unquote, our people or whatever, you're like, oh, we don't care about yeah. anybody here, which means we're not staying here. Yeah. Anymore. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And it was one of the things I liked at the finale was that, obviously, there's this building crescendo of we need to get everybody beamed out and we have a 10 second window and i liked that it wasn't in the nick of time the nick of time passed and they had to start fighting and shooting people but at the same time that does give away that we're not going to be here for much longer because they are all screwed they've yeah, exposed themselves exactly, immediately yeah. as yeah, and not i think that that there. scene of um the extraction from the the team extraction was meant to kind of be like a build up of like this really intense but to me that it i don't know it just didn't <laughs> didn't work like i think they wanted it to work but that might be my wrist instance is futile no i get it that's fine it's totally fine <laughs> um i love overall how much screen time jerry ryan seven of nine is getting um i, I just i love seeing her on screen i like that because she was kind of she was in two episodes last season and that was it but she's fully part of the crew here and seems to have so much power she's so confident and so taking the lead almost as much as picard is like i see them kind of both as the leads in this i I love it i think i agree with you that her confidence is helping to carry it because Mm -hmm. you know picard um sir patrick stewart can't take the lead no you know anymore i know what you mean yeah and so there needs to be another strong character and i think that seven is the right one to put up Mm -hmm. because she has this way of looking at things which kind of reminds me of like the Vulcan way or kind of reminds me of data yeah. where she's really systematic and calculated and it's Borg. very Borg. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. here she's still that but not Borg. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting thing to me because now that's it's why part she's of her personality. Great. Yeah, exactly. Because she's not in this moment, she doesn't have any apparatus on her. Does that mean she's fully human still? Yeah, it means yeah. that she's a human. So she's still this shift in personality. And I think that one thing the episode did do well is it showed that that was concerning in the husband character. Mm-hmm. Like her husband is just like, who are you? You're not my wife. Because suddenly this personality shift, this totally this woman yeah. who used to be Borg is now occupying my body mm-hmm. or my wife's body. And yeah. there's no way to prove that except for that you're acting really different. Yeah, you're acting like you're under mind control. Um, yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, she she can really carry it. But um, but those and those leading roles have to be able to be sort of more in my opinion, they don't have to be. Um they it's more comfortable when you have like a captain style show to have somebody yes. who's can command and isn't swinging really deeply into erratic behavior and so she fills that kind of that role where it's like okay, at least somebody knows what's going on. I don't know how she knows what's going on, but she seems to know what's yeah, going on. She's got on. her stuff together. And really, gotta- I guess everybody on our team at one point like they had their I know what's going on moment yeah. which gives us confidence in our crew mm-hmm. like Elnor is finally given the chance to murder and he murders <laughs> <laughs> and what are you gonna do he, yeah and he's smiling like what a psycho yeah. <laughs> I'm improvising no you're murdering people well the admiral told me that I could just do whatever it's like yeah okay so that gave you permission to just straight up murder people but whatever Raph is just like show off he's like no it's murder show off do you care for it okay i guess it's survival mode at this point it's like if we're not we have to kill so. a couple people to get out of here we're gonna kill a couple people to get out of here yeah um slit some throats and like agnes she has her confident moment when she gets out you know when she figures out how to 
let them all beam out. They all kind of have their confident yeah. moment, except for maybe Rios, because Rios, once again, looks like we my ship is being taken over. Yeah. Should, so, he, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, Rios is the disappointing one. Can we talk about the Borg Queen soon? Because I was super literally about, about to say, my next note is they have a fucking Borg Queen in a box. <laughs> 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 oh, it's so great. So, this is the Borg Queen style that I remember from First Contact from Voyager. Um, but they've updated it beautifully. This will be now the third actor to play the Borg Queen, but she still looks so similar. And I, I love the more the more organic way that the m- machinery has combined into the biology um, of of her. And she's just always great. It's just a great character to see on screen. The personification of the Borg. She's the only one that isn't a mindless drone being told what to do. She's the one pulling the strings. Like to have that much power. She is terrifying, mm-hmm. she is beautiful, she is fascinating, and she's confusing all at the same time. Yeah. She seems to be able to like, be an empath and read people, because at some yeah. point she's like, uh, the the feeling of being, of unbelonging. It's like she looks over at someone and is like, oh, Agnes. I, I sense that you're feeling like you don't belong. And I'm like, okay, mm. Deanna Troy. Like, wh- which is interesting that she didn't say that to Seven, which means there's an element of Seven that feels like she does belong like the position of power that she's in now Mm. is something that is comfortable for her agnes is the one that's totally out of the water it's just i I can believe that this being that is made of machinery and a little skin on the outside or whatever Mm -hmm. has the ability to use machines or power or something to calculate or whatever yeah but i guess i don't understand this queen has, I guess, assimilated so many beings. Maybe mm-hmm. she has adapted the ability to do things like read someone. Yeah, because that was confusing. She's like, she knows about time shifts. She can, mm-hmm. te- she can sense this stuff. So it's like, so she's telepathic and she's everything. She's everything, and and so I wonder what her limitations are because now we have a Q, mm-hmm. and then we have this all powerful Borg queen somehow. Mm-hmm. But I kind of don't care about the Borg Queen because I'm all for her for some reason. I don't know. That moment when she gets plugged into the ship, I was like, this is terrifying and so exciting all at the same time. You would love the Star Trek movie First Contact. You would freaking love it because it's all about her. It's so great. Um, And she has, you say about her being beautiful. Um, well, subjectively beautiful, but she uses that sexuality as well a lot. And it, it's she was created to be a conduit between the Borg and humanity. Or she's always been there, but her physical form was created to have humans and other species something to look at and something to fear and communicate with. And she's very deliberately designed to be appealing on the eye. So it's not just a coincidence. Um it's always a great character and just to see her in a box and they have to choose to give her way more power than she should have. Um, and just her coming to terms with the Borg aren't what she remembers them being. Like, she's the last of the Borg. And that's that's a terrifying feeling for a collective mind. Yeah, that was a really fascinating thing to watch her mm. and, like, think about it. I would watch the Borg scene multiple times. Yeah. Because there was a lot that was in there. And also, mm. like, the way that she's designed, the character is designed... Like, why is she beautiful? Like, her eyes are just a little bit too big almost yeah. and black, which is terrifying. Something uh-huh. I've no never liked. But then she has this elongated skull, but it's not actually mm-hmm. a skull. It's like skin wrapped around pieces of machinery because it's kind of yeah. like 
got this really interesting shape to it. So she's fascinating to look at to be this floating Borg in a box that yeah. ends at the spine. You know, she doesn't even have a body. She's just so that top part. And that's deliberate because whenever something goes wrong, her consciousness is uploaded and a new body is created for her. And it's usually just the top half that is then lowered into, into yeah. a body of some sort. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I love that consistency as well. Um, while we're on the topic of the Borg, I was scrolling through Twitter and was happily reminded why... So we questioned why the Borg were hobble, hobbled, hobbled, were in such a bad state in last week's episode, and we do know why. So at the end of Voyager... Janeway cripples the Borg. Oh. So she gets to part of the finale. Hell yeah, Janeway. Heck yeah. They, she's using the the Borg tunnels, basically, to get Voyager home. And spoilers for a finale from 25 years ago, but um, she doesn't just want to use the tunnels. She wants to destroy them. And this is where all of the Borg ships are made. This is one of their big hubs. And she manages to completely blow it up. So that has crippled the Borg's ability to get to the Alpha Quadrant, where all of us are and also just destroyed a ton of their ships as well so it's taking this amount of time For to them, rebuild okay. the borg and get back over here it's also an interesting correlation between the episode one and two where in both they give the borg access to a ship mm -hmm. there's like this little kind of wink and nod <laughs> so love the Borg queen i do hope we get to see more of her i hope that she's recurring throughout the season I, it's such a smart move to bring her back she's great um, would you like to share my reaction to the time warp explanation? And so I just shouted out a word, didn't I? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was this wonderful moment when um, Picard was explaining different ways to time travel, like different options. And I hear Ian go, <laughs> and I was like, what was that? And then like two seconds later, he said, and then there's the slingshot. And I was like, oh, he just totally <laughs> threw that out beforehand. So, okay, oddly in so my much. life, this happens when uh, Justin watches uh, baseball stuff. Mm -hmm. Like he will be watching, something will happen on screen and Justin will say something like, this hasn't happened since just such and such baseball game and blah, blah, blah. And this was the year and this is the person. And then like 10 yes. seconds later, the announcer's like, uh -huh. that hasn't happened since blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh my God. Because <laughs> there's just you know fans that know stuff and uh -huh. it's always intriguing to me i'm always like oh my gosh that's so cool that you actually did that before but it happened on screen <laughs> like, Slingshot! 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 Talk, talk about kirk talk about kirk <laughs> and they did they did of course we couldn't hear it because you were squealing like Sorry, a fanboy <laughs> squealing like a little boy so happy um yeah i mean that, there's a few ways that they do time travel in star trek the borg have the ability to do it, but it's very, very power consuming, so they, they can't do it a lot. Um and the the other big way that they, they do it is with this slingshot. And it was used in the original series and used in the original series movies as well, where if you can do the math on it, which Spock can do in his head, you can slingshot around the sun and enter into a time warp. They literally call it a time warp, and it will take you back to a certain place in time. And this is how they save the whales. What what did you just say? <laughs> they they have to go back in time to save the whales. In Star Trek three. Uh four, 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 four. Don't, don't wait, I can edit that. I <laughs> don't. I think it'd be really funny to watch. They go back in time to save the whales in Star Trek four. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah. For that. 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I missed something really big and important. That, no, that that that's the so it is. It's called Star Trek: The Voyage Home, but colloquially it's called Star Trek: The One with the Whales. <laughs> they didn't have a lot of money. It's all set on Earth. The plot is we need to get whales to the future because there's an alien heading towards Earth that wants to speak to them. No. I shit you not. Are you messing with me? I shit you not. I can't tell because you like to fuck with me. I so. do, but there is an alien. Okay, no, we need it right yeah, now, sorry. here in this moment. Let's yes. do this, you yeah. and I. Mm-hmm. We, Let's go. We have to have like a special code. Okay. Or uh-huh. like a handshake. Something uh-huh. where I know I can trust that off you're mic? not fucking with me. Okay. What do, I have to do something off mic. Because I, I can't tell if you're fucking okay, with me. I, I, I guess I could Google it. I would do a live long and prosper when I'm not fucking with you. <gasps> okay? Okay. I am not fucking with you. Oh, shit. There is an <laughs> alien <laughs> that makes whale noises in space. Oh, no. It's heading towards Earth. <laughs> and it's starting to fuck with Earth. Okay. Because it heard a distress signal of some sort okay. from the humpback whales. <laughs> The problem is, in the future, the humpback whales are extinct. Okay. And the only way they can tell the alien to stop vaporizing Earth is with whale song. But they can't replicate it. It's too complicated. So they've they've just picked up dead Spock. They have to go back in... Hold on, what? They have to, <laughs> they have to go back in time. And they go back to 1983 San Francisco, Great. get on a bus, go to an aquarium, okay, okay. steal some whales. Okay, how do they... St- oh, nope, nope, no, no. They beam I'm not them asking. up. Okay, okay, okay. They beam up the whales. Right, that makes sense. Wait, um, they beam them to the ship? Uh, yeah, but they don't have the Enterprise anymore. They're on a Klingon ship. Okay, so they... <laughs> <laughs> They're on a Klingon does ship. That, does that mean that the Klingon ship is large enough to house a whale? Just about. S- Scotty has to reconfigure... All of the cargo bays uh-huh. into a whale tank, <laughs> and then they beam up the whales and the, the water. water. Yeah. Okay. And then they have to go back to the future with the whales. How many whales? Two, Marcy and Grace. <laughs> Hold on, put your hand up, Marcy. And Marcy Grace. and Grace. Oh I'm going to quickly Google that. Once I'm, I know one of them is Grace. <laughs> oh my god! Why didn't we watch that? We will. It's fantastic. <laughs> No, no, no. I think I just, I think I prefer you explaining it, actually. Uh, pres- describe an episode, a film of Star Trek badly. Yeah. Um, badly? I oh, think you're sorry, doing sorry, great. sorry, sorry, sorry. They're called George and Gracie. They're the name. That's the name of the whales. Okay, so I have to tell you something real quick. Yeah. My uh, beloved family member, her name mm-hmm. is Grace, and her uh-huh. husband's name was George. Oh, wow. So. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. I'm, I'm not and lying. You're doing that. I'm you're doing, not lying. I'm oh doing my the goodness! Thing. I'm that's doing amazing. The thing to prove that I'm not lying. Uh huh. All of the things. Well, I believe you. But yeah, so that they get taken back to the future, and then they get beamed into Earth, into the ocean, let off the whale song, and that turns the alien ship away, and that's the end of the movie. Okay. I don't know how any of that makes sense, but I'm super here for it. And here's uh-huh. here's what I'm reminded of in this moment. This franchise doesn't have to make sense to be fun, and I no. feel like I'm trying to take it too seriously. And I feel like I shouldn't sometimes. take it so seriously. But Picard is making you take it seriously because I mean, it is being very serious. Oh, okay, okay. But one of my favorite, and we're on such a sidetrack, I love it. One of my favorite parts of that movie is that Chekhov, who is a Russian that pilots the ship, um, he's a Russian and he's walking around San Francisco in 1980 and they have to get a power source and the power source is on a nuclear submarine. So he's walking around 
San Francisco saying, where are the nuclear vessels? Like a Russian saying, please show me where your nuclear vessels are. And he doesn't understand. He doesn't have the context or the history. He's like, why is everyone looking at me like I'm a madman? What's going on? It is a beautiful moment. I love that film so much. <laughs> I have at this point lost how we got here. Um, Do you remember the original thread? Time warp, time travel. Time travel, yeah. of course, of course. I'm fine with them time warping Listen, into the past. We, we went from temporal rescission oh to whales. Yeah, whales. And that's only that can be done with Star Trek and Captain's Pod. So yeah. how, how are we gonna get how do we get back and in, back into this now? Well, the time travel aspect is to get back to the year 2024 because a huge event has happened in Los Angeles. We're seeking the watcher. They have to seek the watcher. Who do you think the watcher is? Predictions. Oh, that's, wait, that's predictions. Predictions. Um, we don't know anything else. Something big happened in all of LA. There are some things that I will tell you that I think will help with your prediction. Um, we know that during this time there was some civil unrest called the Bell Riots. And these were about, basically, there's rampant homelessness in Los Angeles, and there were almost concentration camps that are set up. And the Bell riots were a chap called Bell that said, this isn't good enough. And his riots and the deaths that resulted from the conflicts with protesters basically led to an end to poverty. So it seems to be that maybe something that happens in the past could have stopped. I've just gone straight into predictions. Yeah, you have. Sorry. That's okay. It's your show. That's the context. You can do what you want. That's what's important about 2024 is the Bell Riots. Yeah. Okay. And I'm pretty sure they're going to mention that. Of course. It seems really obvious to anybody who would know about those things. What a specific... And they, I think they'll, they're will they going to keep the crew up. The, the crew. Wow. The audience up to date <laughs> with You would that. think so. I would think so. Because it's in Deep Space Nine. It's not even in TNG. I think that... For the most part, in season one, a new person, a new audience member has enough to go on that mm-hmm. the show stands alone. So I'm assuming yeah. that they're going to do the same thing with this. Yeah. I think that I think it's somebody could jump in and kind of get a clear understanding of like mm-hmm. what's going on. I mean, what a, can you imagine if someone jumped in on episode two and that was their first Star Trek experience? Was this episode? I think it could work. It could work. Yeah. I think they give enough standalone that anyone could kind of watch it and mm-hmm. go, yeah, I think I understood what was happening. You're never going to be as invested, but I think it does work. And I saw a really an unfair review on, of course, I'm going to think it's unfair. I can't remember where it came from, but it was basically slamming the first three episodes. They've watched the first three episodes and slamming it for saying, yeah, this is all about nostalgia and it's weak and it's it's all about crowd pleasing and fan service. And I'm like, duh. It's called Picard. <laughs> Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> it would be slammed if it wasn't that. Like, you can't. You cannot win. Um, my final thought is that the lineup at the end, where they all beamed onto the ship, and then you just got the lineup of... It's so bizarre to think of it. you got Raffi, Elnor, Picard, Borg Queen, Seven of Nine, Agnes. Like, that lineup just gave me chills. I was like, let's fucking go. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, the end of the episode was very exciting because there's a relief to them all being reunited. There's a relief mm. to them being off of this crazy planet called Earth. Earth, <laughs> Not Jupiter. And then there's a little bit of a twist that some other people were able to beam onto their ship without permission, which we kind of saw even that happen in episode one as well. So that's a just really interesting parallels that they're doing. you know. But I agree with what you said. Elnor down... Not really concerned. There's a couple people on the It'll ship. Be fine. You know, the the last kind of line of the show, um, you know, being I wonder what they'll say on the trophy, you know, the head like the the plaque on mm-hmm. uh, the head of your trophy. Uh, oh, what the the 
It's like the nameplate on your trophy because they're going to mount his head somewhere. Oh, yeah. his skull. I couldn't. I can't remember the words. Obviously, that was yeah. a confusing way for me. I think it's like the nameplate on his skull. Yeah, on his it was trophy like, skull killed while rescuing a Borg. End of episode. Yeah. Bum bum This is Are they going to get out of this one? Oh, they they will. Who yeah. knows? They just will. I guess they're going to kill some people, because yeah. or they're going to bring them along for the journey, and then we have three new crew members. We won't. No, there's not <laughs> a chance. No. Although that actor looks really familiar. The guy that plays Seven's He's husband. Great. He was fantastic. Yeah. He was great. He was the right amount of rightfully suspicious, mm-hmm. and like we got to keep our eye on that guy, and yeah. then he shows up and kills somebody. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Anything else? No, I think that's it. That's yeah. uh, taken, taken through the... The episode for me, I guess the, there was one more thing that I think I wrote down was the name of Bad Picard's ship. Oh, the World was Razor? the World Razor. Yeah. That was pretty cool. I guess the Enterprise doesn't really sound right for a warship, <laughs> nope. doesn't it? Nope. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. With that, it's time to head to engineering for Reese's instance. It's futile. Warning. Warp core collapse in 10 seconds. This is the part of the show where we re-engage our sin brains, remind ourselves that no TV show is without sin, even our beloved Star Trek. Danae, you first. Um, I think the first sin that I really got, because I was paying attention to everything too much. I th- okay, yeah, I'll, I'll just start here. Mm-hmm. I, it bothered me that Picard didn't wipe the blood off of his nose. Oh my goodness, I have that too! Yeah. Why is it there for so long? It's there for Wipe so long. Wipe it away. Wipe it away. Get rid of it. Yeah. Get I mean, is it, it. is it continuing to bleed? Is that what we're supposed to believe? Because it goes from no. like outside, he kind of like, then he goes inside and he's looking around at his slaves, apparently. Mm-hmm. And he's just got blood coming out of his nose. Just keeps and- going. But nosebleeds go on. They drip. They drizzle. They keep going. They don't just never had trickle one. a little bit. You've never had a nosebleed? No, never. Oh, they're thoroughly unpleasant. How many have you had? Um, a couple, but not because of like a fight or anything. It's just been a random nosebleed. It kind of it kind of made me sad because he got slapped once and then his nose is bleeding. And either he's super old, which he is, or like Golden his body. nose is really weak, which maybe it is. Yeah, or he just got slapped by an omnipotent super <laughs> being. Perhaps you know what, if he okay. slaps you on the nose, it's okay, probably going to okay. bleed. <laughs> okay, no, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> that is a universe slap. <laughs> Okay, what about you? Um, why would Rios still be on La Serena? And why do they have a fleet of these cargo ships that are designed exactly the same as cargo ships? Wouldn't they just be warships from the off? I don't... Why, other than we need the consistency of La Serena, that's the only reason mm-hmm. I can think that it's there. It's just as you would confusing not have a fleet of these things. as why uh, Elnor, who was on the Excelsior, is suddenly here. Yeah. And Oh, Soji you just say it, say it again. Excelsior. Oh, yes. <laughs> she said a spaceship name, I, everybody. <laughs> I did. I wrote it down. That's how I knew. Nice. Yeah. Um, that was I didn't I didn't point out that confusion, but you're right, because he wasn't even on that ship. No, he was not. And he then and, and, and Q put him in a Why fight the for, out there? for uh-huh. Vul- the Vulcan planet, right? Yeah. Like he's like out there fighting com- yeah. simply com- yeah. completely different. Yeah, he could have easily For been reasons. disoriented and dead. To, to show us that there's bad shit going down because we're killing Vulcans. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, Agnes sums it up herself when she, she says, um, everything is the same, but slightly different. I was like, yeah, no, we know that's how the Mirror Universe episodes go. You saying yeah. it in-universe is even worse. Yeah. The thing that I send about that scene is that he's in the middle of a battle. Yeah. Why is he not wearing a seatbelt? 
Oh my goodness. You know? Still with the seatbelts. Inertial dampeners. But listen, but it's, but then why is he on the floor? Uh, because he just got snapped into the future. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the immediate, I'm sick of your shit. Look, <laughs> like, stop defending this. But once you, re- like, your ship is under attack. They're always, like, shifting around. You would think that you would, like. Have seatbelts. Right. So that if you get tossed around, you're yeah. not tossed onto the floor because he can't do anything in this battle uh-huh. unless you're at your battle station, right? And he still doesn't have a forking crew. No, there's no still. one there. Still, why aren't you? Uh, why aren't you strapped universe. to that seat so that you can command a ship? Yeah, you uh, would think it bothers me. It's always the problem with parallel universe stuff. It's different, but not different. Um, Rafi's dick at seven, being married, and that she overcame her commitment problems. Like, is this really the time? This is the time we had two of those moments. Two of those moments, and again, I know Rios says, "Oh, you want to do this now?" No, just because you acknowledge the sin doesn't mean it isn't a sin. Stop doing relationship shit now, please. There are bigger things at stake. Yeah, that was bothersome. Yeah. Um, how Seven just knows how to do everything. We alluded to it as we recapped the show, mm-hmm. but there's several moments when it's like, I mean, is it just you're like, you know what? I'm just going to casually pretend like I know what's going on and then everything's going to work out. Like she just like, how how do they know how to walk to the podium? How do they know when yeah. to engage with the audience at the... Um, at the ceremony of execution. The eradication day. That's the one. You know, she walks to the podium, she reads something, she pushes some stuff on the screen. I guess maybe it's just like press here, maybe is the prompt on the screen somehow. And she knows. Oh, I guess so. Yeah. But, technology is always like that. Yeah. Even like alien technology. Like even in the one that we watched. Oh, when, it's um, everywhere. It's in every show. In, um, you got the frozen Romulan ship and they're all on the Romulan ship, but they all know how to use oh, the yeah. control panels, even though it's all in Romulan. Yeah. <laughs> I just watched a red notice and like, he's flying a ship that's in Russian. It's like, you just, you, oh, know, yeah, you just make it work. You yeah. just have to make it work somehow. Put all the switches up. And that's, that's okay to a certain degree. Cause you can just be like, all right, well, mm-hmm. that's just that. But uh, how, how she interacts with her world in general and, and the confidence with which she has, she and Picard, really everybody just kind of like, oh yeah, this is just what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. It was really confusing. I do wonder if it was, deliberate like you've alluded to how she's probably going to end up being the ball queen is there just something in her that in her that is comfortable with command and comfortable with oh, yeah. being in the lead so maybe that's a little bit of fake it till you make it well the war queen syndrome. i think because she called her like a little teacup and that you know like and every time i've seen you you're mm. you you know you don't belong yeah and i don't know maybe 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 not i'm mm-hmm. not sure but i think i would try to send like oh isn't it nice that you knew that to do that mm-hmm. somehow. Oh, it would definitely get sinned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it is some bullshit that Raffi doesn't know who Q is. Picard has to explain to Raffi who Q of the Q is. A. Elnor knew. Elnor fucking knew. And I know he read the biography, but Q is like, if she knows what the Borg are, she knows what the Q is. Like, the Q are taught at. Okay, yeah, at the academy. That was a question for Elnor to have. Exactly, that would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. Or um, I don't know. To, to be, everybody in the Star Trek universe should know who Q is. They should know us, and anybody close to Picard should, because he's the first one to have met them. So I, I didn't buy it, and I, I think that's where the, the failing of needing a character that takes the place of the audience fell over. Because it's like, well, it should be Elnor. Oh, it should be Elnor. That should be the 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 fish out of water person that we're yeah. relating to should be elnor for sure yeah yeah absolutely. if there's one reason to bring him in it is for that person yeah like to be like what is going out on of society completely why was i in okinawa yeah what? why am i here what? part of the resistance or yeah. whatever 
the casualness of all of the the crew in this reality yeah. it's kind of like for the seriousness of the look of it and how it looks like a really intense movie mm. you kind of get this feel from the people that are playing it that's just like cool we're in a star trek nice. episode you know we're like, start guys, shooting people. Cool, i got cool. a phaser like there's this moment when they're all meeting uh seven the president for the first time mm. and they're sitting in that courtyard area and they finally convince the husband to walk away and like and, and to why there's a romulan there and like you know we have, yeah. to have a private conversation and so they walk away and before they're even out of sight Eleanor's cuffs are off they're like hey you want some tea it's like oh, so man. casual that was my next one do not take the cuffs off of Eleanor like st- anybody could walk in why why is everyone not really scared and yeah. really freaked out I uh-huh. guess after they've been through so much trauma for so many years like the trauma training it's yeah, just I like you, so. you're like you know what this is just another thing we got to deal with and when you're in this future when you're in Star Trek world at any moment you could fall into a space time continuum so maybe this is just like <laughs> part of their training is to act really casual yeah maybe but to me i was like man you guys look really chill yeah you do i yeah. guess that's good for me because i'm panicking i'm, I'm on edge right now yeah. i'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it could have gone they had some plot armor like they they were very yeah. aware of their plot yeah, armor. It, in felt, this. it felt that way to me yeah com badges they do fucking everything like Agnes just takes apart a com badge and it creates a transporter window gap bubble thing. Yeah, she's. It is the most consistent thing in Star Trek. Whatever they put inside <sighs> those things, they're everything. Jeep as creepers. They're you everything. Can, you can turn it into a damn phaser, a portable force field, which we saw in A Fistful oh, yeah. of Data's with Worf. He just yeah. turns it into a force bubble. That he did. He doesn't do anything. That was with. amazing. <laughs> Oh my God, you're not wrong. And she was in a room filled with like a Other laboratory technology. that she could have. Must have had something else in there. Like if you can do that with a com badge, what can you do with that huge thing over in the corner? Yeah, that, yeah. Although the containment thing that's holding yeah. the ball queen, like reverse the polarity on that. Why is it your forking badge all the time? What is in those things? I want to know. I want to know. I love it. Any more? Um, I think this is something that might be like a personal thing, but I, if I was going to send this episode, I think I would send the very, very long scene of Picard and Seven on stage getting chanted at. Like, it, yeah, it that's went fair. on so long. Now, I, I must say, too, just in the actual real world watching experience, the internet was cutting in and out for Ian and I throughout this Probably episode. didn't help. And so there was a couple of times during this very long scene where we actually had to stop watching it and wait to start watching it again. So that might have played into it. But they cut to Picard and then the audience cheering for this murder. And then they cut to Seven and they cut to the audience. And there was so much of this that I think was meant to build this tension and this fear. Uh, And then maybe even lead to the funny moment where Picard's like like cheering them on to chant his name, which kind of gave both of us a little bit of a chuckle. But that whole scene was so drawn out. Like we don't need, I just, I think that they needed to, like they're cramming something down our throats that doesn't matter is all going to be going away soon. It's at the end of the episode. And I don't know. I think that that could have, they could have done a little bit of editing on that one. I think I would have seen that somehow. Yeah, it's definitely to build tension and to build up to the climax of we know they're all going to beam out soon. But yeah, it definitely, 55 minute episodes are odd. I do think 45 is perfect. It's that great window of a tight story. We're just used to that length on a Star Trek episode, to be honest. And I a feel full like, hour feels long. You know what's crazy is like you think about, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal, but 10 seconds on screen is a long time. It is. It absolutely is. And I is. think that that particular part lasted seven hours. So it was yeah, just it, really, it, it was a lot. At least. It at least. Q like had to snap us back and we kept watching it over oh, and over and over, and over, and over again. again. Yeah, what a bastard. 
Um, I think I only got the one more, which was, um, yeah, did they really think it was going to be that easy to beam the president and the Borg queen out of the palace? I kind of liked that because <laughs> beaming is always something that just seems to be like the way uh-huh. out and it yeah. didn't work. I love that it didn't work. Yeah. Like that was, and that's the first time we've seen a transporter beam fail in this series like i always loved yeah. the extended transporter effects but i was just like did you did y'all think that you were just gonna pull them out it was great no, of course there's gonna be that could have set up a ton of fucking alarms like the president should have like a, like a blocker or something yeah, that says hey yeah. don't beam me out yeah, yeah a I, personal blocker like a combat i think that, that they're so it. assumptive that everything's gonna go their way because that's just how these are designed yeah but yeah absolutely a sin but it was really fun to see them fail and it was really fun just as a callback it was really fun to see how agnes was beamed out when she finally gets there, she was like, yes! And she's like, kind of just, just sucked out. Like, take that, you kid! It was so good. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, that I was love a... It. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I only had one little tiny one, which was um, when they're plugging in the Ball Queen, and Rios is just like, there is no way we are doing this on my ship. And I was like, yes, it's not your ship, because Picard's on board now. Again, 100%. <laughs> it's Picard's I, ship. I... I do think that there is something and this is super normal to see in these episodes and maybe it's a little something that I would try to take a dig at too is like she goes over to this panel, she rips it off, there's this tube thing and we're just going to plug this tube thing in and yeah. you know it's going to, I like the the CGI of how it connected oh, it to her body, like adapted. the tentacles, mm-hmm. yeah, I was about to say that USB isn't going to fit in there and I was like oh no it's okay, it's forming, it's yeah. changing around. Yeah, there's it's something adapting. that inside this carrier mm-hmm. borg that still has the yeah. technology to build so yes. it's like oh, I love it. what is she going to build oh, next and now why that would she's she let go in? of the power now that she has it she can't she's she's yeah. designed for it yeah. um but i've got things about predictions <sighs> okay. With that. Okay. okay let's head to our final stop the captain's ready room for some predictions Welcome to the Captain's Ready Room, where we hear our ambassador and captain's predictions for the rest of the season, bask in our queue like glory, if anything we have predicted has previously come true. You first. I think you got some juicy ones. Well, your prediction did come true, that we were on an alternate future where the planet yep. was failing, and that was yeah. a shield. Like, the the show starts off, yeah. and I, I wrote down... Whoa, Ian, nice job, yeah, good prediction! So that was one right! So yeah. the, the planet is dying... The atmosphere, we've continued to pollute it. The atmosphere is gone. And I think that force field is specifically to replace the ozone layer that we have entirely yeah. depleted. So, yeah. yeah, it wasn't a super nova. It wasn't a solar flare or anything like that. But it was rampant industrialization. Yeah, which was a really great um, assumption on your part. Thank you. Great prediction, Captain. Thanks, Ambassador. Um, my big prediction is uh, made more confident by something you said during the recording oh, of this nice. episode. So. Do it. You said um, that the Borg can work with time, but it requires a lot of power. And I had already written Mm -hmm. down this prediction that the Borg Queen is doing something to help this time rift. So the the future, like what we're watching, is connected. So something about the Borg has given them the ability to see both of these realities happening. So the Borg Queen on our ship in the future Mm -hmm. with the Stargazer, she's using the power from that ship to being help be able to, to help them in the past to come to the now oh that would be very very star trek and they've done that before in the finale for tng there are three points in time and they're all in the same place and the three different enterprises have to converge on this anomaly to stop it from destroying the galaxy this, so this is so happening. that would be a great callback as well because that would be so cool is like the the borg 
the Borg Queen is like, look, stargazer people, shut the fuck up, sit down. I'm helping you yeah. here. And we which is why that. everything's on stun. And that's why we, we talked about that in episode yeah. one. Like, there's something confusing going on. There's like a dual uh-huh. reality happening here. You're right. That masked Borg Queen is 100% seven of nine. Absolutely has to be. And she's on the stargaze and she has to set all of this in motion in order to save the future. If that isn't it, I will be furious. But also... I can't believe you've predicted everything from episode one again. You're spoiling the finale for me. <laughs> Gosh, dang it. I mean, it might not be true. It might not be true, but it's still a fun thing to think mm-hmm. about. And when for I was, sure. And the fact that they have the Borg Queen now and that she has these abilities, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know, there's something to yeah. that. And when you said that the Borg also know how to do it, I was like, oh, they, they I know time think travel. that there's something They've done it. there. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, what did this was a big one for me, and it, you'd be you'd be forgiven for missing it because it goes by kind of quick. It's what does Q want Picard to apologize for? What is the penance like? What are we missing? Like one of my favorite lines was um, Q says, "Oh, I could tell you what's going on, but you're far too intelligent to listen." Oh, it's such a damning compliment, isn't it? It's so great. Um, I don't know what the apology is, other than just hubris and arrogance and thinking he knows best, but you've got to tie that back to a specific moment in time, or it might be that maybe, okay, this is my prediction, future Picard has done something to fuck with Q, Q then goes into the past to teach him a lesson, and the thing that he does in the future is what's killing Q, so Picard has to make a choice that results in Q having to be mortal or becoming unwell or something. And as a, in a fit of rage, Q's go, Q goes back in time to fuck with Picard. Mm. And his apology, he doesn't know what he's apologising for because he hasn't done it yet. Ooh. Ooh. That'd be fun. That's a leap. That is a, I'm, that's a leap. That's a leap. But, they're but I all like leaps, it. So no, it's fun. yours is like on the money. That Mine is just is like, not on take the money. that shit to Vegas right now. <laughs> I... I don't know. I think if there is something that Picard has done that he is aware of, it might have to do with this family because in episode one, it's such a strong thing that they bring up. Yeah. Like that his dad, his brother, mm-hmm. his mother is mm-hmm. being shown potentially if that's his mother character. And then there was that trauma that we were shown with like yeah. her being dragged away. So he probably feels responsible for her death. Mm-hmm. Maybe he feels responsible for something that happened and he made a choice early on. Mm-hmm. And we saw a little Picard running around in the trailer so i think that there's going to be if there's something that he is aware of that he doesn't want to go back to and relive Mm -hmm. it's probably something to do with family trauma yeah it's got to be um i don't know how we're going to get to that um i do like that this episode didn't have 16 years ago there there wasn't any flashbacks Ah, we stayed very much in the moment Mm -hmm. we weren't distracted going backwards and forwards so Mm -hmm. i think they're going they've set up the mystery and they'll feed it to us when they're ready they don't feel obligated to rehash retail drip feed us too much um i prefer it that way i like it i can zero in on what's happening in the here and now and not have to break my little brain yeah that's my that's my prediction for that i didn't have anything else really this episode i mean think about like the things that we're going to be seeing going forward Mm -hmm. and just like we can kind of make assumptions that because they've got the tension with the various relationships between rafi and seven and agnes and riaz um, that we can easily predict that they're going to continue those kinds of plays oh, of on relationships. Yeah. And those are kind of easier assumptions to make. But I don't have any other big ones yet. Well, there's two other things we need to predict. The I Watcher. Think. The Watcher. Who or what is The Watcher? Um, now, there's an obtuse reference. There's a species called The Watchers. 
Um, and they are an offshoot of uh, Vulcans that were in one episode of TNG that Picard interacted with them, but they don't do anything special, really. They're just caveman Vulcans, to be honest, but nothing is ever a coincidence, really. It could be Guinan, because she's the listener. Um, I, I do think that it's interesting that we've got this watch thing, because eyes are always apparent. There's eyes in a lot of the imagery that we've seen. Um and if it's something I know from Star Trek canon, I'm going to kick myself for not guessing what it is. I'm hoping it's something I don't know about. But the Watcher just... Mm, something there that's that's niggling in the back of my head that I can't, I can't get. Well, you have a week to kind of noodle on it. And we mm-hmm. can always talk about it at the top of episode three if you've got an yeah. idea in your I mind. I think I've... Yeah. So the... Yeah. But there is something. So the idea here is that somehow the Borg Queen has looked into the past and seen this moment when something happened to change timeline and somehow also knows their name mm-hmm. which is another reason why i'm like okay Borg queen has so much power what how yeah, are wait, you doing what? that like that you're giving great. a very specific clue that is <laughs> was, just nebulous enough uh-huh. you know i was shocked by that i was like oh shit we've got a date <laughs> we've got a date we've got a place <laughs> tuesday the 23rd of february the watcher 2024 it's like <laughs> oh great you know, and it could be a place too. It might not be a person. It's like Seek the Watcher. That could be like oh, it could be an you know, observatory like, or a telescope, be a, a TV show. Yeah, it could be a building. It could uh-huh. be like a club. No, you're right. You know? So it could be yeah. just about anything. Um, yeah, it could be the wormhole aliens from Deep Space Nine because Cisco, the captain from Deep Space Nine, was mentioned in passing in this universe. It could be like they're omnipotent as well. They don't see timeline as the, the they don't seem. They don't see the timeline as a linear thing. All of time happens at once for them. Mm. So it could be them. Um, I'm really curious. And I also really think it's interesting that you mentioned Guinan earlier. And I I wonder if there's going to be something with her kind of stepping in Mm. and like. So we we know that she's in, she's in, she's on earth in the nine, in the 1800s. But we don't know when else she's been on earth. I don't know where she was in 2024. Uh, Yeah. And would they try to de-age her? Because obviously we can't play herself. I hope not. From that time. Not for an extended amount. Of, they can't afford to do it for an entire no, episode. No, it's so expensive to do uh-huh. all of that. So <laughs> like, did they hey, give John, her like stand a little. Still. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna excuse away why you're at, why you're in a golem body for the year yeah. nineteen whatever uh-huh. two thousand twenty four. Exactly. Yeah. How did that work? So. Um. Yeah, that was it. And then just what the huge change in the timeline was. But I'm that's me cheating. Having some knowledge of the Bell riots. It's got to be something where they that's didn't happen. That's just cool. Thank you, you know that. <laughs> um, it's got to be something where the Bell Riots were prevented, which shifted allowed the- shifted the power balance and allowed humanity to keep oppressing the poor and the weak and whatever. So I think that never happened. But yeah, who knows? We'll who see. knows? We will see. Man, what an episode. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. It's Resistance is Futile from me and... Happy Resistance Day. What was it called? Oh, Eradication Day. <laughs> Happy Eradication Day. Happy for... Eradication Day from <laughs> General Danae. Mm. And as always, Dick Long and Potspur. Which is now our special code that we know that we're telling the truth. Potspur. The way it's happened. <laughs> I couldn't believe you. Thanks for listening. Want to connect with the show? Our hailing frequencies are always open through captainspod at cinemasins.com. Like, comment, and subscribe on your podcast player of choice, and be sure to visit cinemasins.com. My name is Harry. Hello, Harry. Who are you? I'm Sally. (laughs) Why are you laughing at my name? (gasps) 
loud noises, loud noises. Hey, think about think about spaceships. Uh, ooh. <laughs> Denise spilled her coffee in here. <laughs> the things I could say right now to get you in trouble. <laughs> oh, like, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Do you want me to? No, Are we fucking doing not. this? No, we're not. I'll take you out. No. I've been clicking on news articles about space lately. So, mm-hmm. of course, it's starting to send me more. Oh, of course it will. Yeah. Which is fun. Just check your sources. Yeah. So, that one came from thesun.com. Oh, my goodness. Please stop reading that. No, no, no. That. That was, yeah, that was the Empire City. I know it's mm-hmm. called The Sun, but it has very little to do with space and much more about bad journalism. Here's one from SciTech Daily. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chaotic triple drama. Black hole billiards in the center of galaxies. Who writes these titles? Like I people don't... that want me to click on them because I'm like, ooh, ooh billiards. <laughs> I don't. Need... I know that word. <laughs> I don't need my space phenomenon to be compared to table sports. Huge solar eruption may sideswipe Earth on Thursday. Oh, that's today. Oh, I won't even bother editing. We don't need to record this. Earth may be in the path of a type of sun explosion called a coronal mass ejection. A CME. That is due to arrive on Thursday. If they are strong enough, CMEs can wreak havoc on electrical systems here on Earth by interacting with our planet's magnetic field. However, the CME that may arrive on Thursday is not expected to cause any issues. So why are we talking about so it? So news is not news. <laughs> <laughs> this just in. No news. Oh, that's cool. Oh, my God. It's so sour. Mm, so sour. Man, your American sour Skittles are unhinged. Do you know what's crazy? Is that an event that took place a billion years ago could be the thing that wipes out Earth. And we just can't do anything about it. Speaking of, here's the next headline I have oh, for you. No. Incoming new giant asteroid the size of Empire State Building set for... Close approach tomorrow. Yeah. We'd know about it. I'm just letting you know. Yeah. Unless somebody redirects it deliberately. The asteroid has made it onto NASA's close approach list and stands out as one of the largest on the table. Notice that they don't tell us the larger ones on the table. No, one of the largest. Oh my goodness. One of the largest. Hey, if it's large enough to fit on a table, I'm not too worried. Up to 1,600 feet wide. That's big. It's larger than the Empire State Building. I'm willing to bet that in this article, it will compare it to the one that wiped out the dinosaurs. <laughs> There's no need to panic, though. Asteroid 2015 DR215 is expected to pass us at a distance of 4.1 million miles. Yeah, that's what they said to the dinosaurs. I love Jupiter. What's your favorite planet? Jupiter is my favorite. Earth, because (laughs) I kind of need it. Okay. Okay. Um, No, I see your point. (laughs) Don't know know why I didn't consider that one. Weird that Jupiter is your favorite. It's done fuck all for you. Um, Jupiter was always my favourite because it was really? the biggest. Um, Saturn, oh, because it's big. Because it's why? big, yeah. Size matters. And um, uh, Saturn was my other one because it has really pretty rings. The rings are always pretty. Um, I think it's Neptune that has tiny rings, or it might be Uranus that has tiny rings. I think it's Neptune, but I don't remember exactly. Yeah, it could be Neptune. But my favourite is Mars um, because that's our next likely home. If we're going to colonise anywhere, it will be likely Mars. So it'd just be, it'd be fun. I'd live on Mars. Great. Get away from it all. <laughs> I like how you think that you would be able to go to Mars to get away from it all. And then you'd get there and you'd be confined to like a 10 by 10 room with oxygen and like six other Amazing. people. Amazing. That's for, wait, no, apart away. from the six other people. You're not getting away from it all. No, I don't want to be the first to go. Like maybe 30 years after the first person went. Mm-hmm. And when they have like a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> 
30 years is all it takes to get a Starbucks on Mars. Oh, there's there's 10 by that point. I, I think 15 wow. is probably too long. Do you want to record a show? Or have you got more news to read? Oh, I just said, I'm, I'm filling time until you tell me. Oh, this one's cool. Uh-huh. Meteor streaks through Jupiter's atmosphere as NASA spacecraft watches. Yeah. I want to see that. Gracious. Wait, have we got video of it? I don't know. I, I w- mean, it doesn't matter for the podcast, but <laughs> we'll be entertained. Um, looks like a really bad video game. I'm sure that looking at it through their data systems is very different than yeah, what we I'm think sure. of. I'm like, oh, that was- We're like, get out your pixel and take a video of this thing happening. And Why they're like, not? look at this chart. Why not strap a pixel onto your satellites mm-hmm. and you. send them up? Well, the the zoom you. on them is insane. <laughs> I have a nice intro for you this week. As opposed to previous weeks? <laughs> no, I always make them nice, actually, don't I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm a good person. Nice. Yeah. You are a good person, Ian, and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Nobody was. You didn't see the Discord thing? Oh, no. Oh, no. Today's going to be taking over the show from here onwards. Welcome to Ambassador's Pod. <laughs> Start- New intro, really dark movie. Start date. Whatever the fuck today is. Whatever she wants it to be. <laughs> is there a system sure somewhere out there there's a system my system was quite tricky today is it yeah are you changing it every week um well i have to change it that's how star dates work well i don't change the the system system. (laughs) 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 thank you ian i knew that jesus you change the date every no the date changes itself that's how dates work i'm gonna get there first no you're not I'm going to get there first. No, you're not. I'm going to get there first. Uh, Dave Blast. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) It's my queen in a box. It's my queen in a box. Do you know that song? It's Lonely Island song. It's my dick in a box. Okay, so the answer is no. I didn't know either of those. I didn't know what was. I didn't know if you were actually quoting a song that was a queen in a box. I was like, there's a. And then you went to dick in a box. I don't know that one. There's a song. I changed it. I'm not that cool. No. This is the part of the show. <laughs> life forms. You precious little life forms. You tiny little life forms. Where are you? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Hello. Ba 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 